Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey, what's up, guys? I am super excited to have Ashley Birch with us talking about a very needed subject. Uh, We all know that um, uh, mental health is a big issue right now with the quarantine going on and this pandemic that's around the world global. And uh, Ashley is the manager of the behavioral outreach programs of Tampa Bay and uh, kind of an expert in that field. And we want to sit and just have a conversation with Ashley for a few minutes and talk about our mental health as we walk through this pandemic globally. And so let's start here, Ashley, just so people get to know you a little bit. If we were reading your bio and your kind of story of how you got involved in the area of mental health, what does that look like? Tell us your story. Um, So I always joke that I've been a social worker probably since the age of 10. Um, I have either cared for children or carried children around or talked to my friends. My nickname in middle school was Doc because everybody would come (laughs) and talk to me about everything that was going on. And so when I, um, I took the aptitude test in, um, in college and two things came up, librarian and social worker consistently <laughs> on like every test I took and I talked too much to be a librarian. So, right. um, I just went into social work and my very first day in my very first social work class, I was like, wow, these people get me and mm. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, um, on all the tests that you ever take, I get service in every single one of them, like ranked super high above everything else. Um, so I just naturally enjoy helping people. That's and uh, yeah, and so this is just what I do. I get to live my strength and it's awesome. And I love um, just being able to minister to people and just be able to help them wherever they, whatever they need with. So yeah. that's just kind of how I got here. So I love it. How, how many years have you been doing this? So I've been officially a social worker since 2003. So a little while I got my, um, I got my master's at the age of 23 and then was licensed a couple of years after that. And so I've been a licensed clinician since 2008 and I've had a lot of different jobs uh, in that time span, but currently working with adults now. So. Yeah. Do you, do you kind of specialize in mental health at all or is it just behavioral health in general? Um, pretty much behavioral health overall. We do, uh, my program works right now with anybody with like depression and anxiety, history of trauma, um, substance use. Uh, We work with an active duty military as well. So that's got a whole different um, scenario to it. Um, There's extra things that they need. um, And so we're just kind of doing overall behavioral health, just trying to help people manage uh, things that are happening in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is mental health issues on the rise? You know, I know there's a lot of talk about that. And then if it is, why do you think it is? What's, what's, what do you think is going on in society? So I do think that we are having an increase in mental health issues. Um, but I think that that has to do more with like awareness to things. Um, mm-hmm. I think that mental health has always been like a hidden, like thing, something we don't talk about or something we don't look at. 
And right. so I think now that uh, you have had some celebrities that have come out as having mental health issues and um, there's less stigma attached to it than there used to be. I mean, it's still pretty, I mean, if I said certain words, we have a gut reaction to that. And so there's a lot of stigma that's still associated with mental health, but I've seen a rise in depression and anxiety specifically just um, in the last few years. And um, I think part of what's creating some of that is technology. Now I love technology, but right. with technology, I think it's taken, um, it's increased some other stressors in our lives. And I'm not right. sure why the correlation, but just as we get smarter in that area, we have more challenges uh, with the depression and the mental health side of things. So, yeah. Yeah. I know as a, as a counselor, it seems like a whole lot of what people want for counseling. I mean, not the deep stuff, but a whole lot of what people go to counseling for is what they used to talk to their next door neighbor about. And technology has kind of changed that. So just getting things off your chest and you, you don't need a therapist to talk to. You just need somebody to listen. And we've kind of lost that. Yeah. I think that that, that personal connection, you know, cause we're, Right. We're made to have a personal, right. we are social creatures. And so if we don't yeah. have that, we, we really do start to suffer. And um, I think the other thing is, is that people are just unhappy. And I don't know really where that kind of stems from, but um, there's just a lot of unhappiness. And I think that, that people just don't feel like they're hurt anymore. Or they don't right. get that presence that they need in their lives. And so it's created like, you know, increased sadness and frustration and, you know, it's just, it's been a battle for everybody. So. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree with that. Um, so, so awareness is coming up as well. I was thinking how, what was it in World War II when people came home with what we'd now call PTSD, they call it shell shock, I think, uh, just yeah. going from memory. And there's these, been these different titles for those kind of things. Now there's far more awareness of that than it used to be. And uh, we, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Me and my son were talking about Rambo the other day. And um, so we pulled out First Blood, right? The, the first Rambo movie from 1982. And I'm watching this for the first time in many, many, many years and, and catching on to adult things that I didn't really catch on to as a kid or a teenager when I watched it you know, early on. Yeah. And I'm realizing how, what a depth there is there of this guy who from Vietnam has all this PTSD. Nobody understands it at that point. Nobody knows how to you know, handle it. And, you know, and all this stuff starts going on. And, and, uh, but it really stemmed from his experience in Vietnam and, and they didn't have a, a good answer for how to you know, respond to that at the time. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, not to ever minimize somebody who has, you know, PTSD and, and all of the symptoms that come along with that and the trauma that goes with it. But as a, as a whole right now, we are all really kind of experiencing this low level of trauma from what, right. you know, like our experiences and what's happening with the COVID-19 and, and all the restrictions and things like that, that, that really has like a, a negative effect on your mental health um, mm -hmm. overall. And even those of us that are in the mental health field and we have all these great uh, strategies and ways to cope and we teach this stuff every day, even us, we're still challenged just like everybody else and, and dealing with our own stuff. And so right. it's been quite, I have interesting conversations every single day about like, well, what are we doing to manage all the things that are happening right now? Cause it is kind of traumatic when you, when you go out and you, people are not looking at one another, they're not making eye contact. Cause I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, cause we're just so scared about what's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And all of our routines have been, have been changed and, and yeah, the whole world's just shifted upside down. So I, I like what you were talking about there. So we're in the middle of this global pandemic and in the middle of the global pandemic, our, uh, our own unique crises don't change. Right. So I know, you know, in my world, I have 
actually had a family member pass away and multiple friends of mine have had family members pass away because those things are still happening. We're still having our own personal crises in the middle of this worldwide pandemic. Um, and so, so, you know, we, you know, there used to be this, this, this phrase that people used to use and talking about cabin fever, right? So you're just trapped inside. You just kind of go crazy. Uh, talk about that for a second. So inside of this pandemic and inside of our own crises and not being able to talk to people as much, not being able to vent or, or whatever that looks like, just get it off your chest, so to speak. Uh, what does that look like in the world that we live in today? Um, so, I mean, what you start to see is that people, first of all, have done a really amazing job with being compliant as to what the requirements are. I mean, like when you yeah. look at like what everybody is doing, I mean, they really are trying to do their part to kind of make this change. And so, but it's starting to what you feel like is starting to become very waning and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, when is this going to end? And so it starts to have this like hopelessness kind of feel to it. Like how long is this going to go on? And then the right. anxiety comes in because it's like, what is this going to look like when it's over? How are we going to yeah. go back to this quote unquote, new normal and what is that going to look like and so this creates anxiety because anxiety is fear focused and so it's like what am i going to do and so this cabin fever is affecting all of us and when you talk about personal crises you know when we have a loss of a loved one or a loss of a family member or we have a crisis what do we do we go find the people around us that help us through that right right? right. you know, doctors' offices are closed and and everything is telehealth and, and you've got all this so it's, it's called all this issues that you can't go and do what you normally would do. And so what do we do in this moment? And um, I've been teaching, I know, um, like um, when I talked last time, I was talking about like doing things very mindfully and using that mindfulness skills and breathing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that you can do to kind of help manage through this time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, with, with people passing away too, I mean, so much of the letting go process happens at a funeral and being around your brothers and sisters and family members and telling stories about that loved one and this and that. And now that's, that's in some ways being stripped away from us because you can't necessarily get with all these people. You can't have a funeral, at least not in the normal traditional sense. Uh, the funerals that I know that have gone on now are practicing social distances, distancing and they're graveside only. And so you're not like crying on each other's shoulders and those things which are, you know, really healthy in a time like that, you know? And uh, so, all right. So, so let's talk about that then. Um, what are exercises? So, so, you know, there's a lot of talk right now because the gyms are closed. People are losing their minds because they can't exercise in the traditional fashion, right? Which we know is healthy and good and we want people to exercise, but it's not just ex- exercising physically. We need to exercise our mental health as well in our mind. So, so what's your, what's some recommendations for that? I know you just mentioned mindfulness. Let's, let's talk about those kind of things. Yeah. So um, it's really important. Uh, mindfulness is this concept where whatever that you do, you are really intent and focused on whatever mm-hmm. that is. So let's say right. you're folding laundry instead of like letting your mind wander and, and start to think about like, like a negative thoughts or things like that. It's really to be focused on like, I am folding this shirt. This is what this process looks like being very, very centered in that whole thing. And um, I've been encouraging people to at least go outside for five or 10 minutes and just stand outside. I mean, get right. out of your house and just stand in your yard or wherever you are and just take a moment because we need that breath of fresh air and that change of scenery. And when you're out there, be aware of um, all the things around you. So like use your five senses. Like what do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you smell? Like being very present in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, a big advocate. Like what you think about is what we focus on. And so if you find yourself like getting down that rabbit hole with all that negative thoughts and, and 
feeling sucked into all the the craziness with the media and and all this stuff is like just saying to yourself like wait hang on this this is not good for me and so changing that negative thought process into something else you know like what right. can i think about that's healthy so i have my patients and i do this as well i do a gratitude journal so mm -hmm. i tell them they got to write down five things that they are grateful for every single day yeah. uh and live that in their worlds so i encourage them to write letters when was the last time you got a handwritten thank you card or a note in the mail well now we have lots of time to do things like that um, so just using some of these little things can really change things. And if you haven't read a book or done a puzzle or anything like that in a long time, now would be a good time to pick that up. So, so what happens psychologically when, when you start being grateful and you practice an attitude of gratitude in the middle of a depressing state, so to speak, because obviously we all know it kind of shifts us and changes our perspective, but is there anything psychologically that kind of happens there? Yeah, I think, um, again, it's what we focus on, you know, like if I am feeling depressed, then I think about the things in my life that um, mm -hmm. cause that are causing my depression, you know, like, right. oh, we get focused on like, I can't leave the house, I can't, I don't know what's going to happen, what's going to happen to my family, I don't get to see my family. And so when you start to kind of go down that those negative thoughts um, breed and become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then before you know it, I'm on the couch. I haven't got all the couch the whole entire day. I have no right. motivation. I feel hopeless. And then I just feel like my whole world is coming to be, you know, coming apart. Whereas if you insert some like thoughts of gratitude or positive affirmations to yourself, that kind of can change your mindset, you know, and, and kind of help to <clears throat> maybe take away some of that feelings of sadness and, and lethargic and all, and all of that. But it's, it's not easy to do. I talk about it, but it can be very hard, especially when you've been trapped in the house for weeks on end and it feels like it's right. not getting any better, you know? Um, right. But there's something to be grateful for every single day. Like I was oh, yeah. grateful for this morning that um, I took a, I went a different way to work. And yeah. in my going a different way to work, I got to see uh, the sun come up over the bay. And it was only for like a 30 second on this little road that I went on, but what a wonderful moment. And I just took a moment in that and I was like, wow, it's beautiful out here this morning. And so it's, it's those little tiny things that you do that can help to change that mindset. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, this, this, what we're on is called creating the future. And I believe that out of the imagination of our own minds is what you create the future with. And so if you're dwelling on negative thoughts, that becomes your future. If you're dwelling on positive things that, becomes your future and you, you actually drive the future of your life based on your thoughts. Um, I, I would compare it. Uh, I've heard it said this way that, that it's like a horse. If you ever go horseback riding, wherever, whatever direction you point the horse's face is where it's going to go, right? If you want to go right, pull his face to the right and left, you know, um, you're always going to go in the direction of your thoughts. All right. So, so let me ask you this question then. So a person who's battling depression and things like that in the place of depression, you, you may not even want to get better in that moment because it's just such an overwhelming thing and you just want to lie there and stay there. And so there's not a, a discipline, so to speak, to become gr grateful or to practice mindfulness and things like that. So what would you say to somebody who's in that depressed state who, you know, they're just going, I, I, I can't get out of this. I'm just trapped here. And, and there almost isn't a want to, to get out of it. You know, it's like they're trapped in the country song, right? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's what happens with depression, you know, and it's not like people don't just wake up one day happy and the next depression, we have a tendency to right. slide into the, like really deep depression. And so to overcome depression, like at that level, it's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And so we have to start with baby steps. So most um, individuals that get depressed, uh, their ADLs, which is your activities of daily living, 
um, those go by the wayside. So I always mm. encourage those like, okay, you need to t- get up, take a shower today and change your clothes. Yeah. If that is the only thing that you do the entire day, you are successful because right. that's what you need to do. And then tomorrow you get up and you do the same thing and maybe wash one plate. So overcoming depression, it's not just a, like we want a quick fix, like we're going to snap out of it and it, everything's going to be all great, great and bunnies and rainbows and all that stuff. But that's not the truth. The truth is you have to work really hard to overcome something like that. And so having small successes every single day breeds successes. So it makes that um, you'll be more successful the next day if you were able to accomplish that one thing in your life. And so I say, get up, shower, change your clothes and do that for a few days. And then maybe go stand on the porch for two minutes. And then, you know what you've done? You've got up off the couch, you know, that's right. two scenarios. And so it, it kind of helps to do that. And then eat people who are depressed. We think, you know, like you mm. see this traditional, like, like you're eating throws of ice cream or, um, you know, like, like, right. doing all this, but that's not necessarily the case. If you, if you have really severe depression, you sometimes don't eat at all. And right. so be just important to eat something and, you know, just get up off the couch just for a little while can really change things. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's almost like that graduation speech by the general or whoever it was. I don't remember where he says, get up and make your bed. If you just make your bed every day, starts everything else. Right. And, and it's a great little speech. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, it's a good one. Um, no, we were talking yeah. like that with my family last night. They're like, uh, you know, you just got to make your bed every single day. It, it does help, you right. know, when you come back and it's it's something you were successful at. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, you kind of already stepped into this a little bit. So let's ask this question. So, what are some signs of depression and and high anxiety and things that lead to depression? Obviously, obviously, it's a slippery slope. It's not like you just instantly, suddenly, overnight, you became depressed. It's a slope that goes downhill. So, so what are some signs in yourself or in someone else? Uh, so you just, you typically will see like low, uh, low motivation, low energy. Uh, you're losing pleasure in activities that you used to enjoy. And just an overall feeling of just like, I just don't feel happy or I don't feel engaged yeah. in life. Yeah. And you're just kind of moving through and you're like, uh, is this all there is, you know? Um, and you know, there, sometimes when we're in that place of depression, we will have like passive thoughts of suicide. It doesn't mean that we're going to act on them. It's just more of like, you know, I just wish I could wake up tomorrow and and not wake up tomorrow, you know, or, you know, things would be better if I wasn't here. And so we just have to pay attention to those and really make sure if that is going on, that we call somebody or we reach out and we just get engaged with another person because that can really help change things. And then the, dep- the anxiety side of things, I think we're all kind of experiencing that. It's like a heightened pressure, you know, mm-hmm. and it, um, it feels maybe it's like nausea in your stomach or tightness in your chest has been associated with anxiety or um, sweaty uh, or feeling like you can't really breathe. Um, and muscle tension has been associated with anxiety as well. And racing thoughts like, Oh my gosh, you know, like you start to get down this pattern of uh, bad things are going to happen and then uh, this bad thing will happen and then this bad thing will happen. Like I always share a joke, a joke because um, I like to worry that I worry too much and then I worry that I'm worrying too much. So right, I'm like right. you know, going down that pattern uh, and down that uh, rabbit hole is never good. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so let's say this. So somebody who is is depressed and having a really hard time during this pandemic is sitting on your couch and you get to talk to them for a couple minutes 
and the rest of us get to listen so that we know how to talk to somebody else who we might know in our life who's walking through this, right? So, so you get to be the case study for us. So what, what would you say to somebody, uh, you know, who's, who's battling depression that ends up sitting on your couch? So validating where they are. Yeah. Like, you know, just because people just don't feel like they're heard a lot of times. And they really mm-hmm. just, like you said earlier, just want somebody to listen to them and know that yeah. somebody cares about them. Yeah. So just being able to like empath- uh, empathize with their situation be like, uh, you know, I know, I don't know what all you're going through, but I hear you. And it's, and I know it's hard and I, I'm asking you to do hard things, but mm-hmm. you know, just being encouraging and a support and that just goes so far. Um, you know, they, I could have all these magical terms and all these things, but really when you break it down, it's really just being there and paying attention, actively listening to somebody, not looking at your phone or thinking about your to go to do list later, just really being present with that person can really just help yeah. somebody just to feel better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so good. You know, you can save yourself a lot of years of college of, of counseling. If you just sit with somebody and say, Hey, this sucks and it stinks yeah. right now and this is not fun and I'm sorry you're walking through this and you know I'm, I'm with you walking through it and I'm you know I, you know we, we do all these these years of counseling practice and things like that sometimes and, and really at the end of the day that's a whole lot of it is just empathy yeah, yeah. and I've told patients I'm like you know what depression sucks it really does because it's yeah. it's 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 hard in there and I'm and I'm not and I know it's hard and I even tell them that I'm like you know it's going to be hard this is going to be one of the hardest battles that you face to try to kind of overcome this depression. Um, but you can do it because you've mm-hmm. been successful before because depression has an end, you know, and yeah. people who have depression feel like there is no end. Right. It does. Right. And the other thing is, you know, you may need um, some medication uh, as part of treatment to help with that too. And, uh, you know, the psychiatrists are doing telehealth right now as well. And so, it's got its pros and cons, you know, you can sit on your couch and talk to the doctor, but it's, you know, it would be nice to be able to go to his office, but right. um, so there might nothing. be some of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's end with these two. So you mentioned them before, but let's end on a, on a high note and a happy note for everybody who's now depressed from hearing about depression. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you mentioned breathing and mindfulness. And so t- you want to talk about breathing first? Like, like how do yeah. you recommend people breathe? I know I'm a, I, I believe in box breathing. That's something that I practice sometimes. Um, but, but what do you do or what do you teach? So actually we've been using this, uh, this app called calm and, mm-hmm. and it has like these guided imageries on it and breathing techniques, but it's really being mindful about what you do with your breath. So like breathing in and counting as you breathe in and as you right. breathe out, count to five as you breathe out and just paying attention about where your breath is going in your body is really just an amazing thing. Um, cause we don't really do that. And, uh, I've taken a few yoga classes now just as a beginner and they focus a lot on breathing and what you do with your breath too. And it's very, very fascinating kind of uh, concept to me. And so if you pay attention to that um, and sometimes just listening to really calming music while you mm-hmm. breathe um, can really help things through. Like yeah. if you had a really bad day or you go out to the store before you go into the store, just take like five really deep breaths, be very focused on that breathing and be like, and as you breathe out, just breathe out like I'm going to go in the store and it's going to be okay. And breathe in and then out, it's going to be okay. It's like having that internal right. dialogue while right. you're doing the breathing. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. So, so 
meditation, mindfulness, breathing, all that's kind of in that meditation category, which has been around forever, so to speak. And it seems like it's a lost art that in our modern hijacked world that, that just gets hijacked by, by stress and frustration and running and high anxiety and trying to get through the day every single day, people forget those, those old basic things that kind of got us here, so to speak. And so with that meditation vein too, so you have breathing techniques, which I think are great. Then you have mindfulness, which is, which is a, a very popular term nowadays popping up and for good reason all around the world in the business community, especially. So, so talk real quick about mindfulness. You mentioned it before, but, but what does it look like practically speaking again? So very practically, like if you go outside, um, when you go outside, be very intentful. So if you're going to stand on the porch, wherever you're at, be very like, okay, I'm literally standing on this porch. The porch is made of wood or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I can hear the sound of the trees. I can smell the air. I can, I'm out here enjoying the sunshine. Maybe even at that moment, thinking of the things that you're grateful for about the being, uh, when you're outside. Um, right. I got to run down Bayshore the other day. Um, being mindful is also like paying attention to your surroundings and just being grateful for the little stuff. And so I'm running Bayshore and I saw something out in the bay and I was like, what is that? I, I was right. a little worried for a moment, but I looked over and it was a flock of um, stingrays. Now, if I had not been looking, when I looked, in the, I would have missed, and they were little ones too. It was just unbelievable. And so I stopped in that moment and stood there and watched them for a few minutes just to take advantage of that, you know? But when you just stand outside, just be very cognizant of nature or even in your house. Be like if you don't want to go outside, you don't feel safe to do that. But in your house, be very mindful. Like set a room that you're going to go into and sit in and just think for a few minutes about like what makes the space great, you know, like being yeah. very focused on that. Yeah. I love that. The, the old monks would call that holy noticing, right? Oh. So you, you stop for a second and you notice things that you never normally notice. And so you look around and I never pay attention to that cow. Let's look at that cow. Let's look at the details of the cow that's always been there, but you don't notice. You know, we say we can miss the forest for the trees. Sometimes we miss the trees for the forest and now we're always running and it's just a, a moment to stop and, and, and breathe. Uh, I'll share this with all of our listeners too. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Dr. Charles Stone that wrote this. He's a, a, a Christian counselor and pastor, but he did one uh, where he gave an acronym for breathe and it was all about uh, uh, um, mindfulness. And uh, it's something that I practice for quite a while now since the first time I heard it. I love it myself. Uh, but the acronym is B for body. So pay attention to your physical state, what's going on inside of you. What do you feel going on inside your physical body? R is relationships. Think on and dwell on your relationships for a second. Is there any relationships you need to heal? Any relationships that are good or bad that you need to make sure you, you, you try to fix? Uh, being thankful for that. E is environment. That's kind of the holy noticing part of it. Looking around what's in your environment you don't pay attention to as much that you can look at and, and um and notice uh, a is actually effective awareness, which is a fancy way of saying emotional awareness. And so just being a, aware of your emotions in the moment, are you angry? Are you tense? Are you frustrated? Are you full of anxiety? Are you happy? Whatever. Uh, T is thoughts and uh, uh, what's going on in your mind. What are you thinking about? You know, being in that calm state and thinking about uh, what you're thinking about. H is your heart. That's kind of your spiritual life and your connection to God, where you at in that. And then the E would be engage. So how are you going to, once this is over, how are you about to engage the world? You're about to walk into the office meeting. You're about to go to work, come home from work, whatever it is. What's your next step for engaging the world? I thought that was a really good one to practice. If you do each one of those for two or three minutes, you know, all of a sudden you, you really have a better outlook on life, I think. So 
Yeah, any, and the any, other, I'm glad you said like two or three minutes too. Like you don't have to be like right. in this place for a long time. You can be really quick, like 30 second. I'm just going to breathe really quickly and, and, and breathe real like intently. And then I feel better. You know, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. So oh, absolutely. I, I know on the, I, I've been driving before and, and just feeling down and that kind of thing. And I'll just, without, you know, having pen and paper or anything like that, just start listing things I'm thankful for that I, that aren't the obvious, you know, it's not like I'm just thankful for my wife. Well, of course I am, but trying to actually dig a little deeper and think a little harder about things that I'm, I'm truly thankful for that, that you don't notice most of the time. And it all of a sudden starts lifting your spirits. Yeah. I, I once joked that I was thankful for uh Chris grapes. It's like <laughs> little things, you know, like Absolutely. it's really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, not squishy grapes, but the nice, you know, like it's just right. funny, like what you really be thankful for. So. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on here. Do you have anything else you want to throw in before we're done? Any, anything else you want to add? No, I just want to, uh, you know, everybody just stay encouraged where it's, it's going to come to an end eventually, or, you know, like we'll find a way around this and just, uh, just, just let every day just be as happy as you possibly can and everything that you do. So thanks for yeah. talking to me today. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on with us. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of creating the future. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.